It's time for the Ship Report, the show about all things maritime. I'm Joanne Rideout. It's Thursday, August 11th, 2016. We have a dozen vessels on today's Columbia River ship schedule. In our marine weather forecast, we have north winds 10 to 15 knots, rising to 15 to 20 in the afternoon. And today we'll begin hearing excerpts from an interview I did recently with fisherman John Corbin. He's fished on the West Coast and in Alaska for the past 38 years. We'll be talking about Dungeness crabbing. But first, we'll take a look at today's Columbia River ship schedule. Uh, we have four inbounders, we have five in the Astoria anchorage, and we have six outbounders heading downriver and out to sea. Our first arrival in the river is the Sakura Kobe. She's a bulk carrier going to Vancouver, arriving from Taiwan. She's going to be picking up soda ash. Um, she's actually going to be waiting in the Vancouver anchorage, which is in the river between Vancouver and Portland, and then she will eventually go to the Port of Portland to deliver soda ash. She will pass Astoria around 7.30 this morning, and if you're in the Vancouver area, you might see her in the Anchorage by about 1.30 p.m. The Alpha Melody is arriving from offshore, headed for Astoria's Anchorage. She'll arrive there at about 10.30 a.m. Not clear exactly which berth she's going to yet. Sometimes ships come into the river with their plans sort of in progress, and they find out after they've gotten here exactly where they're going to be uh, to be going because ships are guided by the companies that own them and they are making plans sometimes en route as to where the ship's actual berth final destination will be. The Nandu Arrow is arriving from Long Beach, headed to um, the Vancouver Anchorage. She will, uh, that's Long Beach, California. She'll be uh, going to the Port of Portland to pick up soda ash, another soda ash vessel today, and she will be Passing Astoria around 7.30 p.m., so people in the Vancouver-Portland area might see her running lights around 1.30 a.m. on Friday. The Andalusian Zephyr is arriving from Coos Bay, headed for Longview. She's going there to pick up logs. She'll pass Astoria around 10.30 p.m. and arrive in Longview around 2 a.m. Friday. In the Astoria Anchorage, we have the Lucky Luke headed for Vancouver to pick up wheat, leaving around 3 a.m., arriving there in Vancouver probably around 9 o'clock this morning. The Great Vision is headed for Kalama from the Astoria Anchorage today. She also is going upriver to pick up wheat. She will uh, leave around 6 p.m. and arrive in Kalama around 11 p.m. That leaves the Andrea, the Geneva Star, and the Uni Harmony all awaiting orders in the Astoria Anchorage. In Outbounders, we have the NY or the New York Trader leaving uh, Vancouver with wheat on board, uh, departing around 8 a.m., passing Astoria outbound around 2 p.m. The Falmouth Bay is leaving Portland with wheat on board, leaving around noon, passing Astoria outbound around 6 p.m. The Volans leader is leaving Portland. She's a car carrier with Toyotas on board, leaving around 3 p.m., passing Astoria outbound around 9 p.m. The Morning Menad is leaving Portland. She is uh, carrying Fords to Asia, to China primarily. She'll be leaving around 3 p.m., passing Astoria outbound around 9 p.m. So that's a... Uh, a ship full of Ford Explorers and Mustangs, things like that. The Roscoe Palm is leaving Kalama, uh, corn, soy, or wheat on board there, leaving around 5 p.m., passing Astoria outbound around 10 p.m. The ATB rig, the Sound Reliance, that's an articulated tug-and-barge rig, a tug-and-a-barge attached together with a heavy hydraulic pin assembly. She's leaving Portland with petroleum in her barge, leaving around 6 p.m., passing Astoria outbound around midnight. The Hanjin Hedong is leaving Portland carrying wheat, uh, departing 6.30 p.m., passing Astoria outbound around 12.30 p.m. Well, a little more from our marine weather forecast. We have uh, combined seas on the Columbia River bar today, 3 to 4 feet. Seas will temporarily build to 5 feet during those dangerous, hazardous max ebb current times, one happening around 11.45 a.m. today and another one around 12.30 a.m. on Friday. 
Well, today we are going to talk about crabbers crabbing and Dungeness crab, which is a really big deal around here. Um, I've never met anybody who didn't love Dungeness crab. And on the ship report, one of the things I like to talk about is the big connection between what we sort of take, sometimes take for granted on land and what it takes to get it to us. And this is one of those examples where there's a lot that happens that most people will never see when you're eating that Dungeness crab dinner, what went on to bring it to you. So, um, John, can we, can we start with, can you tell us about what is a crab boat like? How big is it? And who's on board? And what, you know, let's start with that. Well, they're, they're all over the board. You know, we have, we have boats that are 20 foot and, and up to 100 foot. And they're, they're all different classes. There's, uh, in Oregon, we have um, about 430 crab permits. They're all individual uh, companies owned by individuals, and they're, they're some fish just crabs, some fish many fisheries. Um, we have dories that uh, launch down uh, out of Pacific City that not only fish salmon, but they fish Dungeness crab as well. They launch them right off the beach and uh, go through the breakers to, to get out and run their crab pots. and So it's a very diversified fleet. So who's on board, say, uh, you mentioned when we were talking before the show um, that there, pro- there might be, say, four people on board. Can you just describe what, what's that? Yeah, we have, uh, there will be a captain on every boat, and then there will be anywhere from one to four crew members on each boat, depending on the size. Um, they're known as deckhands, and uh, they work the deck. They, they uh, haul the pots up. They rebate them, toss them back, or stack them on board, changing ropes. Sometimes you, you want to go deeper. you got to add more line to the, to the pot and maybe a few more buoys, or you want to shallow up and go way in close on the beach. And, um, so there's a lot of, uh, a lot of work. And uh, on our boats, we work round the clock, uh, day in and day out, as long as the weather will allow us to. And we're out on the ocean all the time unless we're in unloading. And uh, so it's it's a rigorous process. And that was longtime commercial fisherman John Corbin talking about Dungeness crab boats and who's on board. It's a good illustration of something I've talked about on the ship report at various times over the years. When you sit down to that Dungeness crab dinner in a restaurant, or even buying it at a fish market or a supermarket, that meal came to you from the labors of small crews of people who went out in individual boats, often in tremendously bad weather. If you live here in Astoria and surrounding communities on the coast, those people might even be your friends and neighbors. According to the Oregon Dungeness Crab Commission, the Dungeness Crab Fishery is the most dangerous fishery on the West Coast, and it's the third most fatal fishery in the nation, according to the National Institute of Occupational Safety and Health. So this is a hands-on local industry where people literally risk their lives to bring you your dinner. Something to think about and give thanks for the next time you dine on seafood. We'll be talking more tomorrow with John Corbin about Dungeness Crabbing on the Coast. You've been listening to The Ship Report, the show about all things maritime. I'm Joanne Rideout. Thanks for listening. You can find a podcast of this program on my website at shipreport.net. Have a great day.